This podcast is brought to you by Intrepid Travel, the global leaders in providing experience-rich small group trips. Intrepid was founded on the idea that travel, if done right, can be a force for positive change in the world. They believe that adventure and an open mind can break down barriers, challenge stereotypes, and bring us all a little closer together. Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Dumbo Feather podcast, That Time When, a series about moments that have changed the course of people's lives. I'm Tegan from Dumbo Feather, and today we're hearing from Julie O'Shea. Julie is a living legend. After visiting a farm to adopt a few chickens, she found herself drawn into a whirlwind, one that saw her rehome nearly 400 other hens in less than two days. Her passion is so infectious. We reckon you'll love this one. Enough from me, though. Here's Julie. One of my daughters said that uh, there's a local farmer, a lovely man, Ross, who always agonised over having to cull his hens every um, you know, couple of years because when they get to a certain age, as most people would know, the hens don't lay as many eggs, so they need to let them go. And it's not commercially viable, not in a big operation and not even in this small one because uh, Ross has a small uh, organic uh, farm for his hens and 400 hens is small in comparison but every two years he has to cull them and it pretty much breaks his heart he hates doing it so I got wind of this and I thought well I'll go down there and I contacted him and said look you know can I come and help rescue a few so that's how it started I just went down there met him uh, we connected beautifully he was showing me his property and what he loved and loved doing and and he's picking up the hens cuddling them for heaven's sakes so it was just – and uh, I said, you know what, I, I can definitely take 10 into my home now. And then when I said, and what is going to happen with the rest, Ross said, I have to actually cull them all this weekend. They usually go into manure or something, you know, like that. And I went, okay, and this was on the Tuesday. And I said, how about I put it on my Facebook page? I don't know how many people here could help, but let's give it a crack and see if there's any other people interested. I put it on Facebook and within three hours, I was inundated with over 300 messages. It just went berserk. I don't even know how. I don't know that many people in my area here, but it just went viral instantly. I, uh, within about three hours, said, look, guys, this is amazing. I'll set up a separate page so I can make sure I'm not missing anybody. So I quickly set up the uh, Facebook page called Hens Rescue Northern New South Wales and asked everyone to message me. I uh, thought, okay, I've got to put a process in here because I was saying these hens are free and instantly I had concerns about the integrity of some people that might get hens for free because I've heard about it. You know, people will want hens for uh, their pet snakes or they may want them for dog baiting. All pretty sad stuff. Uh, and there are some people that actually will go and get hens that even though they're two years old but sell them at markets as being, you know, eight-month-old pullets or something, still egg-laying. So there's a whole undercurrent. So I just had to quickly work out what to do and I thought, okay, I'll do this. Everyone had to apply to me and I said, but what you've got to give me is a photo of your hen coop at home because these are for home, a commitment that they're your forever hens. Tell me a bit of your hen story. So what your experience is with hens. And when I received that, the adv is an advantage of Facebook is that I could then stalk their Facebook page. <laughs> so, 
I, I managed to get on their Facebook page and see that they were genuinely what they were telling me. There was only one person uh, that was clearly into reselling or something unsavory, so I just let him know that they weren't for him. And within three days, we had over uh, 50 people approved and organised to come down to Ross's farm. I set up a uh, place down at the front of the property collected all the hens, sat there and waited for the people over a three-hour period each day and they all came along and collected these hens and I got their story and they took them to their forever homes and all 400 were rehomed. Within the 24 hours, we had a reach of over 7,000 people. I'm, I was gobsmacked and we ended up getting about 500 or so messages for people that would take hens. So for me, I think it was about the community spirit being slightly, you know, more rural than a CBD of people wanting to help each other. And the message I put out there did say, look, you know, these girls, if if I don't have people help me rehome them to a forever home and love them, they're all going to be killed this weekend. And they actually deserve to have a fair retirement. They still may lay an egg every two or three days. If someone's got it in their heart to give them a home and add them to their extra hens now, that would be awesome. And people just jumped in hand over fist. It was wonderful. Often you can see all the heartache of animals and what happens with them and how they're treated. But this was a galvanising of you know, well, up to 7,000 people all thinking we can do something here. And since then, they have, I've almost been led on the path because of their passion and their their gratitude for being able to rescue a hen. You know, there, there are beautiful stories about a, a lady, a, a retiree who just finished her coop and she was so loving these hens and she came along to get five hens and she's in tears when she's putting them in her car, taking them back to her own home, going, I'm going to love these girls till they die. And and we had a really good laugh about it because I, I did say to her, as I did a few people, I said, well, they've actually gone through menopause just like you and me and it would be a shame if we were put down. We've still got some good years in us, haven't we? So it became a, a, so many of these women that came along with their, with their families and children and husbands all had this um, place of perfectly happy to take the hens whether they laid an egg or not and they fully intended giving them a forever home. I've had uh, up to 30 hens here at some point. And, but you also learn that hens have a distinct communication. And if you slow down and if you don't go in there all a bustle and try and assert yourself, and if you just sit in their presence, they do come to you and they want to be around you. And I, I think for me, for me, what resonated with me is all of my animals here are teaching me about being in the moment and just letting go. Like right now, if you just sit with any animal, and I don't think it matters what sentient being it is, and if you just sit in their space calmly instead of expecting something from them or trying to dominate them, that they will give you so much in their communication that you can learn. I think animals can teach us a lot more than we can teach them. So it's uh, just trying to understand how they operate and what they need. And they're, they're all, every one of them, amazing, amazing sentient beings. We've got so much to learn from them about how to be a better civilization, really.
I was intending within a couple of years' time, not now, to do animal welfare work. I've got rescue animals on my property, a couple of rescue horses, a couple of rescue pigs that were advertised in Gumtree for meat or pets, you know. So there's – and I have previously um, brought in battery hens and they were just beautiful to watch them first get out of a cage and not even know what grass was like and then to appreciate just walking around was uh, – that's a beautiful experience that I wish many more people could uh, be a part of. So it's always been in me ever since I was a tiny little girl to save animals. It's just been what it is. And now I had a little bit more time on my hands. I was thinking, oh, in a couple of years' time, I'm going to be doing more of this type of work. So when this happened with Ross, it just felt um, – you know, I got those 10 hens and as I'm walking away, really honestly, I just looked at the others and thought, you, you just can't do, you can't walk away. You actually cannot walk away from this. These little girls are going to be killed. And Ross's heart was really in the right place, but he had no choice. So you, I had to at least put it out there. I had no idea that I would be able to get as many as I could. But when it started swelling, I then cancelled any appointments or normal work I had for the next three days and just dedicated myself to it. And it was amazing. Since that time, back in April, I was contacted by besides other people that wanted to rescue hens by a couple of other organic free-range farms. And they said, can you help us? And I've gone, you know, it, I, I will do my best. So back in June, we did another rescue of uh, 234 hens, actually, I remember exactly. And we did that rescue again. And again, within two days, every one of those hens had a new home with new people or existing people that had already touched base with me. It happened so quickly and during that particular time is where I met a couple of amazing people that came to volunteer for me. And one in particular comes to mind. Her name is Fox, which is a pretty apt name when she loves hens, isn't it? But anyway, her name is Fox. And she's worked with uh, animals and welfare organisations for many years. So we got talking and she's now going to help me set this up as a charity Uh, whereby we can create a program of vetting people who want to bring hens into their forever home, but also create an easy way that organic farms potentially, uh, not just where we can reach, but further afield in Australia, can use this method and rehome all their hens instead of ever having to kill them. And we're looking forward to having 5,000 hens rehomed instead of right now, I think it's 581 hens have found a new home. It's given me more uh, incentive and more desire to want to do this purely because I realised how many people out there do want to do good. It gave me such a huge heartwarming experience meeting all these people. They were all just... uh, so grateful and you'd ask them they'd have their own little stories you could see their affection for hens and I think the biggest change in me was me realizing that I am on the right path and this is not going to be wasting time and I really can impact the lives of hens and families this community now is talking and learning more about how to be with their hens and interact with them and that's the biggest change for me I'm I'm in the I think, you know, a beautiful country and to to know that I can do something 
that means when I leave this place, it's going to be a teeny bit better than it was when I came in. That's what I'm delighted about. Thank you for listening to That Time When. And thank you also to the incredible Julie. You can find out more about her rescue operations, which are getting bigger every single day, by heading to her Facebook page, Rescue Hens Northern New South Wales. You can find a link to it in our show notes. And this is actually our very last episode of the series. We have loved every second of it. We wanted to thank everyone who has shared their life-changing moments with us for the series, and to you for tuning in and supporting us. We will of course be continuing our Dumbo Feather podcast series, where we have conversations with extraordinary people. So stay tuned for our next episode, which will be with you shortly. The interview with Julie was conducted by Dumbo Feather editor, Nathan Scalaro, and this episode was produced by Lizzie Martin. For more extraordinary stories, subscribe to Dumbo Feather magazine. We deliver worldwide.